0: Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you speak to us uh, from your heart and that you fill us with your spirit to be able to do what you ask us to do. I thank you for the transformation that happens in our lives and in our hearts and that uh, you will be glorified um, through everything that happens here. I just thank you right now that uh, transformation is taking place as your word goes out, as you, Holy Spirit, planted into the, uh, the, the very part of our hearts, and that produces good fruit, Father, I thank you for uh, incredible fruitfulness coming into the lives of your people as a result of your word today, and I pray that in Jesus name. amen. <clears throat> just as we were in uh, worship I, I just got this this uh, picture of um, the, um a river or a, a canal, and uh, like there's this boat and people coming up. In in a um, like a, a barge or a, a boat uh, so, sort of thing, and coming up to uh, a lock, you know how you get the old uh, old school locks that you get there, and um, I felt like people had been stuck at this place and they couldn't go to the to the next level because they're just. Not sure of what to do or how to do something or, or whatever. But I felt like God was saying to us as a church and to you as a people that God is going to raise the level of the river and so that you can then open up the, the, the doors will be open and then you can continue on into the next level that God wants to take you on. And I, I really am feeling this morning that God is taking this church to a new level. I believe God is taking this church to a new, I, I said, God is taking this church to a new level. And we can, we can, you know, like, it's, it's something we can pray for, it's something we can believe for, but sometimes we've just got to allow God in His timing, in His way, to raise the level of the river. So, like, we never thought he, he could do it, we don't know how He's going to do it, but God is raising the, the level of the river, His river, to take us into this new season, into what God's got ahead for us. And I really believe that's for us as a church. It's, it's for some people individually here today as well. Now you've been stuck at a level, you've been praying for a breakthrough, you've been praying for freedom and, and moving in the Holy Spirit, God is going to do something miraculous in your world this year. This year, this year, your breakthrough's coming. This year, God's going to raise that level of the river for you this for this year. Amen? Uh, so let's pray for the close of the meeting now. and. Uh, <clears throat> Just want to encourage people to come out at, uh, at one o'clock for the, uh, uh, the members' uh, meeting. It's open to anybody. I've just got some stuff I'm, I'm going to share about the future and the direction, the vision of our church, and it's really important for us uh, as a church to be all on the same page. So I would encourage you to come out and be a part of that. It's open to anyone, uh, but in particular for our members, uh, but uh, certainly is open to anyone to come along. So uh, welcome this morning. Welcome. It's good to see you. Good morning so far. Welcome to what God's doing. The Holy Spirit is creating a shift. I believe a shift. This is something God's put on my heart uh, in October last year, maybe August. uh, Last year he put it on my heart anyway. It's in between January and December somewhere. Um, God's put this word on my heart for us as a church. It's this word shift, and it comes out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, out of the Message Translation. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift. Everyone say shift. shift. From you to God. Where's it going from? You to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. There's a shift that's here. There's a shift from down to up. From fear to faith. The most important shift of all is the changing of our focus from it's all about me, myself, and I to God. It's not about what, where I'm, I'm finding lack, where I find you know, that things aren't happening for me. It's not where, you know, it's all about me, the, the pain I'm still suffering under, the, the, the struggles I have at school, in the university or in our workplace. It's not about that. It's a shift from us to God. We're getting our eyes off of ourselves and onto God. This means a greater emphasis of kingdom kingdom. Before ourselves, it's a greater emphasis of what God wants to do in His kingdom as a part of His kingdom and not our personal situation. If there's ever a verse that emphasizes this whole thing that that helps us to guide us through life, it's this one verse. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, most of you could probably say this off by heart, but seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. It's most of our problems in life. Can I suggest to us, come about from us not setting our priorities in the right order? We need a guide, we need a goal, we need a purpose, and this verse gives us one above all else. We are to seek first. Everyone, say first. The kingdom of God. We had to seek first the kingdom. To, to seek means to search for, means to strive for, it means to strongly desire. Uh, when I was a police officer, I was working an afternoon shift one time, and we got a call to go to a home in the northern suburbs where a person, a man, had broken into this home, held a woman at knife point, and then had done uh, an assaulted her. He uh, was in the midst of the the assault on this lady when her, her partner came home and scared this guy out of the house. And they got straight onto the police and we were a part of a, a number of patrol cars that attended to this house. We got a description of this guy and then we started to search. I can tell you, we searched for this guy. We made it a priority of ourselves to know what this guy was wearing. It wasn't hard to understand that it was going to be easy to find him because all he had was a t-shirt, nothing else. That's how he had fled out of the house. So we knew the sort of things that he was wearing. So we then started to do a search of various things, buildings, houses, stuff like that. My partner and I knew that there was a church on this particular street that was very close to where this thing had taken place. We searched into that ch- that church um, property there. It was all locked up because it was late at night. We go down the, the driveway and I knew that there were some toilets at the back of this particular church there. So we go in, I go in first, I open up the door and there's some cubicles there and I searched the first cubicle, I searched the second cubicle. Both of them were empty and I thought, oh, what's the point of doing the third one? No, 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 we need to find this guy. We need to make sure it's a priority of us. I open the cubicle and guess what? He was there. And uh, I arrested him. Uh, I don't know how, but the family found out that where we were and that we'd actually collared this bloke. And uh, we, I then had to protect this guy. I had to stand in front of him to stop him from being harmed and hurt. But we you know what, when, when we need to do some stuff, like, how would you be if you, you lost your child how would you be if, if you're at the, the, the Royal Show, the Adelaide Royal Show, and you, you lost your child in the crowd? Would you sit back and say, like, you've got a five year old and they've just gone walk about? Uh, would you sit back and say, no, you know what? I might get myself a Dagwood dog. Uh might get myself a, a a big bucket of chips or you know get myself a a, a vanilla slice if you're a certain person in that church <laughs> you know you might get you know like you might just go out there no you'd search high and low until you found your child is that not true that's what this is all about we need to seek First, we need to make it of a high priority to search for uh, 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 what God is asking us to do. So above all else in our life, Jesus says that this is the number one, the top priority, our main goal, that what we are to strive for each day is to seek first, seek first the Kingdom of God. Everything that we do, every decision that we make is to relate to this goal, where we go, what we do, how we do it, when we do it and why we do what we do. All of these things are to be filtered through that verse. Let's say it, uh, read it out together. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. There's two parts to this. There's two aspects to this, okay? And I'm just going to walk through this real quick. So the first part of this is that there is a priority. The second part is that there is a promise. So let's look at the priority. So there's a priority to this verse. It's to seek first. That's the priority of this verse. The priority of our lives is to seek first. Here's some things. The kingdom of God is not tangible. It's not physical. It doesn't have any borders. It's not something that we can see on a map and physically travel through. It says in Romans chapter 14, verse 17 For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It isn't visible. And it's not verbal either. It's, a, it's spiritual in nature. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. God's kingdom is a kingdom of power. The spirit, the, like the being baptized and the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit, you shall receive what? Power. So there's power available through the kingdom of God and the Spirit of God. So we're to seek something that we can't see, we can't hear and we can't feel. How easy is that? What are you looking for? I don't know. What does it sound like? I don't know. What does it look like? I don't know. Got no clue, but I'll know it when I find it because it'll be a powerful thing. How e- God makes it so easy for us. Don't you love that about God? Man. Simply put, the Kingdom of God is God's rule over our life. If we choose to live out from the Kingdom of God, then we must live under the authority of the King. See, many of us can call Jesus our Saviour, but can we call Him our Lord? Ooh, that was a bit of a hot touch, wasn't it? Can you call Jesus your Lord today? Is he your is are you under his lordship? Not everyone can enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus found this out in John chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night because he didn't want to be seen by everybody else to be going to see Jesus. And he said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if, they were not, if God were not with you. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked. Surely, He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, no one can enter the Kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. There's something about the the Kingdom of God, there's something about being born again that's absolutely crucial to us actually walking out this whole thing about the Kingdom of God. How can you seek first the Kingdom of God if you're not part of the Kingdom? not going to recognize not going to be a witness about you know what, what it is and what it isn't if you're not a part of the Kingdom of God. To be part of the Kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. Any born again people here today? Yeah. I'll be praying for the rest of you that didn't put your hand up. Yeah. okay? Um, you, you guys are in the right place. You're going to hear about Jesus today. okay? You're going to hear about the Kingdom of God today. You're going to hear about the power of God. You're going to hear about the Holy Spirit, eternal life. So you're in the right place today. Anyone here born again? Yeah. Amazing how many just got born again just right then. <laughs> How about that? That's fantastic. That's great. What a, what a salvation, older call that was. <laughs> if we're born again, then the king has a rightful authority over our life. So that means that if God asks us to do something, then we've got to do it. If we're under the lordship, if we are under the authority of the king, if God asks us to do something, then we can't stand in front of him and say, well, I'm not really sure you thought this through God. I'd be looking for a dark cloud on the horizon right then. Because there's a storm coming your way and you could be like a crispy critter on the footpath, I'm not sure. But you know... Sometimes we've got to get this straight in our heads and in our hearts. Can I, can I say to you this, this morning? This church is not about me and Jane. This church is about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What we do as a church is under the direct authority and leadership of God Almighty. We do our best to hear from Him and we do our best to, to, to position ourselves, but we, what we want to do is to actually walk out what God is asking us to do. We are not here to debate with God about what He wants us to do. We want to, to please Him. We want to, to, to walk this walk of faith That we have, every one of us is called to a walk of faith, but it's just as we yield ourselves to what God wants us to do. If we're born again, the King has that rightful authority over our lives. He purchased us with his blood. It says in Acts chapter 20 verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all of the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseas. In other words, we're the pastors here, but be shepherds of the church of God, which is us here, which He, meaning Jesus, bought with his own blood. Jesus died for you. I've not not shed a single drop of blood for you, except for in the community garden, because we've got roses down there and there's some thorns. So I have bled for you, all right? But not to the same extent that Jesus did, okay? The moment we trusted Jesus as our Saviour, we became a citizen of the Kingdom of God and gave Him the right to rule and reign over our lives. Matthew 6.33, you may not have heard this before. It's a great scripture. It's a wonderful scripture. It says, but, everyone say but. But. Now, come on, everyone say but. But. Okay, but, seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. But, there's this, this, this word but is right at the very start of this particular verse. It's it's a line in the sand. It, it's, a, it's a moment of choice. It's an intersection between what you want and what God wants. There's this this whole thing is set up here. It says like, but what's gone on before then, you might ask? See, but indicates to us that some that, that there's some that aren't seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, what are they seeking? The previous verses actually tell us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we, uh, we read in verses 25 to 32, where people are more concerned with what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink and what they're going to wear. That was the concern of their lives. That's all that they were concerned for in that day. And Jesus is saying, don't be like them. He says, don't be like those who are like unbelievers. They they don't know how to trust me being God to provide those things for you. He says in verse 32, for after all these things, the unbelievers seek. What is he talking? He's talking about the eating, the drinking and what you're going to wear. And Jesus says, don't worry about that stuff. Your father already knows that you need that stuff and he's going to get that stuff to you. He says, but you, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you. He says in verses 19 to 24 of this particular chapter, he says, We're to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven and not on earth. The Holy Spirit is, is calling us to stop having divided loyalties and to pursue the kingdom of God and lay up treasure in a place where it won't rot, reduce or rust. That's, that's God right there because every one of those words starts with an R. Although that was fantastic, I nearly got saved at that point. (laughs) To to do that means having only one master. He says in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6, No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In other words, the other way of saying this is, Who do you look to for your provision? Who do you look for that's going to have your best interests at heart? It's the one that has a heart. Money has no heart. But God does. Jesus isn't saying that it's wrong to make money or even to have money. Please don't misunderstand me. It's not a sin to be rich. But it is a sin to serve money. Why? Because if we are in the kingdom of God, we are to serve the king. We are to serve who? The king. Who do I serve? The king. Who do you serve? The king. We are to, The priority is to seek first the kingdom of God. Sometimes we have to let go of the good in order to take hold of God's best, we've got to, like, are we holding on to something so tightly that we can't let it go? And God has to pry our fingers off almost so that He can put into our hands His best. You, you, you think it's, it's good stuff I've got here, I'm not gonna let this go, but God's trying to get into your hands, into your life, into your school, into your workplace into your homes and your streets. God wants to put into your hands His best, but we we refuse to let go of something that's just good. That's why we've got to put first the kingdom of God. Have you ever tried to take a, a toy from a child that doesn't want to let go and share it? Jane does that with me every day. She says, no, you can't have that. And she, we're like that, aren't we? Well, maybe I am. If there's anything that we're holding so tightly that God would have to pry our fingers loose, from are we willing to open our hands? It's a priority to make the kingdom of God first, to seek first the kingdom of God. We can't be a slave to things and be a servant in the kingdom of God. Secondly, the second part of this is the promise. There's a promise attached to seeking first the kingdom of God. Uh, Perhaps you've heard this verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and all these things shall be given to added to and so we we seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and these things will be when we do one part god comes through with the promise what things? The things that non-believers, the, the, the world seeks after, God will give us if we will seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. Everything that the, the world wants and, and looks for and, and wants as, as a part of it, God will give us those things. If we will make the kingdom of God a priority, Jesus promises to make sure that we'll always have enough to eat, to drink, and clothes to wear. If we don't have it, it's probably because we don't really need it. We're not in the Kingdom of God for our comfort. We are in it for the cause of Christ. I'm not here for my comfort, I'm here because God has called me to a cause that is greater than myself and something that we need the entire body of Christ to be able to achieve so that we can actually have an impact in our community to see people born again and become a part of the Kingdom of God and see all of their needs come to be, to be met. When we make the kingdom of God our priority, the promise is activated and accessed. We need to transfer our allegiance from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God. How do we do that? Well, by looking to the one who's already done it for us. It says in Colossians chapter one, verses 13 to 14, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Did you know that? You have been delivered from. It's past tense. He's already done it for you. When you give your heart to Christ, He transfers you from the kingdom of darkness into the glorious uh, kingdom of His Son, the Son of righteousness, the the light that is the life of men. He's taken us from the dark places and put us into the light places. He's put us in from from defeat into victory. He's put us from death into life. Did you know that? What an incredible rich inheritance that we have. He says He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. What does this new allegiance mean? It means simply this in verse 18 of Colossians 1. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. Everyone say preeminence. Pre-eminence. preeminence means the supremacy, that God would have the supremacy, that God would have the first place, that God would have uh, above all others. He's, he's the first one, the, 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 the greatest one. So does Christ have preeminence? Does He have the first place? Is he, has He got the supremacy in our life? He will If we seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus addressed the whole question of the preeminence and he told a story of guests at a meal. Everyone wanted to sit in the place of prominence, to sit in the place of honor. In, uh, in Luke chapter 14, uh, we, we, from about verse 7, and I'll read this because it's important. So we understand in verse 1 that Jesus is there uh, at the home of a prominent Pharisee, and He's carefully watching what's going on. And in verse 7, uh, Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, and He told them this parable. He says when someone invites you to a wedding feast do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited if so the host who invited both you uh, both of you will come and say to you give this person your seat then humiliated you will have to take the least important place but when you're invited take the lowest place so that when your host comes he will say to you friend move up to a better place then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests for all those who exalt themselves will be, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So we can see right here that Jesus tells a story of people that seek after prominence. And it's a constant battle that many of us have to face in life. That We want the, the prominence, but Jesus tells us that there's something more important than prominence. It's giving the kingdom of God the preeminence of our lives. It's we give the kingdom of God, the the first place, the place of superiority in our hearts and minds. Does Jesus sit at the place of honour at our table or do we? In our lives, over our finances, over our marriage, over our friendships, over uh, the the employment, does God hold the place of preeminence in those places? Is the first thing that we do with our paycheck, give it part of it to God? Or does God get the leftovers? Hey, just asking. Uh, when we just doing stuff with our, our families, like on a Sunday morning, does God get the, the preeminence or do we want the prominence of us doing our own thing? Hey, I'm just asking. You've got to come up with the answer. See, That's what the kingdom of God is is all about. It's putting, seeking first the kingdom of God. It's all about this. In this earthly kingdom in which we live, we're surrounded by the enemy. He entices us to sin and to serve up grief and pain and sorrow and poverty and lack. But here's the good news. Anyone ready for some good news today? Well, You're in the right place, I'll tell you. Psalm 23 verse 5 says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. How good's that? God's taken care of our enemies to such a level of degree and and victory over our enemies that we can have the peace to sit down at the table of the Lord and sit and eat at his banqueting table. We don't need to worry about the enemy because God's taken care of the enemy. There's only three people that are excited about that here today. God's taken care of your enemy, you walk victorious. Because the God of the Creator, the whole earth and the, uh, and the universes said that it is finished. He, he won the victory. He shed his blood. He took away the sin of mankind. And if we will believe in him, we can walk in that same victory, sit down at his banqueting table and not worry about our enemies because Jesus took care of our enemies. In Luke chapter 14, verses 12 to 24, it says this. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back. How many of us do that? We do. I'm, we, we do that. That's cool. Especially because they do food so much better than we do. But so, if, if, so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. That's what I love about our community pantry. We're inviting those who don't have to come and get. That's why you know, when you, you, if you're looking for a, a ministry area in our church that you want to be a part of and you're thinking, well, what can I do? How about serving someone a meal through our community pantry uh, on a particular day that you might like to choose? It, you might not, it might not work for you on a Wednesday. When does it work for you? Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. It it goes on, he says, uh, invite these people, you know, although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. How good's that? He says when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come, everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field and I must go and, I go and see it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another one said, I just got married, man. So I can't come. The servants came back and reported this to the master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has has been done, but there is still room. Don't you love that about Jesus? There's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. He says, then, uh, so, uh, then the master told his servant, Go out uh, to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. What an incredible story, isn't it? Jesus makes it real plain. In the midst of all this, Jesus invites us to come and eat with him. The promise is Jesus' is serving life instead of death. Jesus is serving forgiveness instead of judgment. Jesus is serving peace instead of turmoil. Jesus is serving love instead of hate. Jesus is serving blessing instead of cursing. Jesus is serving joy instead of pain. Jesus is serving healing in the place of guilt. Who in their right mind wouldn't want any of that? But you know what? Some didn't. And some won't. They'll decline the invitation to sit at His table. Their priorities are wrong. Their fingers grip things that they don't want to let go of. They will miss out on kingdom living and accessing of God's promises. They, they had to go to other places to go, other things to see, other priorities. Their priorities were back to front. They were out of order. They were misaligned. They were seeking fifth, the, the kingdom of God, not first, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. There is nothing wrong with any of the things that these guys were talking about. Buying land or a house or testing out a new car or getting married. Or They were all good things, but they had their priorities. They were mixed up and they weren't seeking the kingdom of God first. And as a result, they missed out on all of the blessings because they didn't seek first. The kingdom of God. So just wrap this up. Maybe the team can come back. Everyone needs a guide to live by, something to cling to when the devil attacks, a guide for uh, living the the Christian life. Jesus wraps up this uh, uh, all up in this whole verse. We see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 that everything that we need to for for living a life is in this verse. Here's the thing. Memorise this verse. Seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Even better than memorising this verse, could I respectfully suggest to us that it's not something we need to memorise, it's something we need to live. We need to live this thing. Otherwise, what's the point? Seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. We make choices every day. Which Kingdom are we going to live for? See, each choice has a promise. See, we could choose the Kingdom of this world. We could do what's right in our own eyes, make the things of this world our priority. And I want to suggest to us that there's a price to pay when we do that. But if we were to choose to live for the Kingdom of God, to choose first the Kingdom, to live under the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, try to please Him in everything that we do or say or think, then make Jesus our top priority. our number one, the first place, and the promise is this, that all these things will be added to us, there is a shift on for 2022 from us to God, to prioritise the Kingdom of God, to seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness. And as we make that our priority, the promise follows through. You're not gonna be in lack, you're gonna be in abundance. In fact, my Bible tells me that your cup runneth over that is pressed down, shaken together and running over is the blessing of God. So much so that you'll not only have bread for seed, but also for feed. There's there's a harvest coming your way. There's more than enough. You are more than a conqueror. I don't know what that means. I mean, it's great to be a conqueror, but what's more than a conqueror? Some of us need to find that out. How about we stand this morning I'm just gonna. I believe that God wants to take people to a new level today. I felt very strongly about that. That, that picture I had of God raising the level of the river, and then taking us forward, just like that—a a river lock or a, a, um, a canal lock or, or whatever. It's fascinating to watch. Jane and I watched it when we were in England, just these barges coming up the river or coming from the river and going down to another level. It was fascinating to watch how they, they do this in a lot. But I believe that God wants to do this supernaturally in your life. God wants to take you to a new level. God wants to raise the level of the river in and around you. And you can say, well, it's the river of God. Well, I'm just saying it's God. God's going to raise the river uh, on your life. God's going to um, create ways where you didn't know that there are ways. You think there's a blockage, but God's going to raise the level of where you're at and take you to the new level. You're not going to have to strive for this. You're not going to have you know, to manipulate your way through God by His divine grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit will lead you to a new level so that you can go forward. But i could tell you, church, God is calling us as a church to seek first the King of God. God is seeking us uh, to to seek Him. He's wanting us to seek Him because He wants to pour out blessing, let go of the good and take a hold of God's best for your life. Because I believe that God wants to do much more in your life and in my life and in this community than we ever thought possible. You know, we had 23 families come through in the community pantry in the last week. What an incredible testimony that we can give. But I believe that's just the beginning. It's just the start. Despise not the day of small beginnings. But I wanna say to you also that without the help of people in there, that it's just, that's as much as we can probably do. We need to get the Word out more. There are families that are struggling to put food on their table and to get it into their mouths. But you know what? If you've got a spare hour, a spare two hours, if you're available on Tuesday to help out Lisa to head down to the food bank and to pick up some supplies, then please help us out. Get a hold of Lisa, get a hold of Candy, find out the information. We'll even supply a car and trailer. I mean, like... Dean's on the key so I can't say what I was going to say about doing burnouts in the car park but <laughs> you can even you know get painted number one on the side of their car and say I'm first I am 1st i I mentioned uh, uh, vanilla slices today you have to watch the sermon though right I'll be checking okay one good thing about Dean you know what if he's serving out there during the week he'll be watching the podcast because he don't want to miss How many of you do that? That's another thing. Seek first the Kingdom of God, Dino. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, how good You are. that You have created a banqueting table for us in the very presence of our enemies. But Lord, we don't seek the place of honour. We don't go to seek to to get to the head of the table, to be seen, to, to be... Prominent, because Lord, we want to give You the preeminence of our lives. We want to make sure that You're number one. You, you're supreme. You are God Almighty. You are our Lord. And we seek to serve You. Not because we have to, but because we've caught a glimpse of Your glory and that that, that the blessing of God draws us into Your presence. All that You've done for us already just draws us into Your presence. I ask Your forgiveness for me personally, Lord, where I've not made the Kingdom of God my first priority. So forgive me, Father. Help me to to seek You more and more throughout my day. But Lord, I I pray for us all today to to, to put a conviction in, in our hearts about wanting to seek You, First of all, if we have a headache, you're the first person that we go to. If we have a financial need, we go to You first. If there's a relationship issue, we go to You first. If there's something we need in our world, we we need to get into the hands of someone else, we go to You first. Because You've got a divine plan. You've got a way of getting finance to us. You've got a way of getting forgiveness to us. You've got a way of getting healing to us. You've got to get a way of, of, of restoration to us. Lord, I thank You. You are the God Almighty. And I pray that as we do that, as we seek first the Kingdom of God, That all, all these things, all the food, all the the drink, all the, the, the clothing that we need, everything that we need in life would come from You. But Lord, help us as we have our needs met to be a conduit, a flow of the same gifts to people around about us. And I pray that today in the Name of Jesus. Just as every head's bowed, I don't know everybody here, but I want to give an opportunity for people to receive Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know, uh, never experienced His, His love and His grace in a way that is life transforming. One of the first things that we can do is to seek first the Kingdom of God is to seek Jesus in this moment. Jesus is the answer to your problem. Jesus is the answer to your marriage. Jesus is the answer to your health. Jesus is the answer to your finances. Jesus is the answer to that promotion that you want. Jesus is the answer. Would you give your life to Jesus? Is there anyone here this morning? You've never maybe given your heart to Jesus before, but today you just feel like, you know what? It's time. I just need to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you've done it once before. And you feel like you need to recommit this morning. I want to pray for you too. Is anyone here never received Christ or you've received Him once and you just feel like you need to do it afresh today? Anyone here this morning? Put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, thank you, Lord, for touching our hearts today. Thank you for helping us to do what we need to do.